it's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. church, but I'm so excited for the day that I get to worship God in heaven, but it starts right here, right now, we can also worship Him, just like we will there someday, so let's worship. There's a ancient day, there's a melody of ceaseless praise, age to age, the sound is
Church, I want you to try this morning to get to a place where it's not just the words that are coming from your lips, but a place where you're just really able to give Jesus your all this morning in worship and everything that you are, your heart, your mind. You know, sometimes we come into this place and our mind's racing. We've got things going on at work and at home, and sometimes it's just hard to just get in the moment, but I just be present today in this worship service and just really focus on just re-surrendering, just renewing your faith and giving Jesus
close your eyes this morning and just whisper to the Spirit, to your Lord, Jesus, you can have it all in this place today. Just tell him that. Have it all, Lord. You can have it all.
We worship you, God, forever and ever and ever. Lord, you are holy and majestic. And Lord Jesus, we give you the praise today. Can we just give the, the Lord a clap offering? Amen and amen. Turn and say hi to somebody around you this morning before you sit down. We are so glad you're here. We would love to connect with you. If, if um, you would go to the welcome desk, if you're a visitor, we have a gift for you. Also, if you didn't get a bulletin when you came in, and I'm going to give you a whole bunch of announcements, and you're going to want to look at the bulletin. But if you don't have a bulletin, you can type news to 904-441-6900. You could also type connect to that number, and it will send you a a connect card and you can connect with us tell us your your prayer requests and what's going on in life so if you loved worship this morning you should come Wednesday night we have a contemporary worship night Wednesday night 6 o'clock right here in the CLC that's this coming Wednesday also we have an alignment class that begins uh, May 7th which is next Sunday at 9 o'clock, which is this time right here. It'll be up in room 306. You could come to the 1030 service if you go to that. But um, that will get you um, connected with our church and show you how you can be aligned with our values. Also, it's really exciting. We have VBS coming up June 5th through 9th. And the most important part about VBS is T-shirts. So we have T-shirts out here for sale in the atrium. So you can go get your T-shirt, get your children signed up for VBS. Also, if you really want to be excited, we have a baptism today at the beach. We're going to baptize about 13 people at 1 o'clock. Amen. Amen. At the 9th Street Access. So if you want to go to that, that's at 1 o'clock today. And so, you know, your generosity allows us to do all of these things, um, include have a baptism right here, um, include a bulletin that, that we get printed every week by your magnificent staff. So we just want to thank you for your generosity. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Father, we thank you for those who give of their time and their ties and their talents. Father, we just, just thank you for this blessed worship time that we're having today. Father, we just ask that you be with Mason as he brings our message, Father. We ask that you would take these tithes and offerings and use them for your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And now Brandon's going to do a special baptism. Well, good morning, church. Like Bill said, we have 13 people getting baptized later today at the beach. But today, right now, we have Crystal King right here. And Crystal, what is your profession of faith? I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen, amen. In light of that, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, and raised in the newness of life. Now we have Mason Rieger coming to speak. Yay! I don't know who's supposed to transition that, but I'll go for it. 
Good morning, church. How you doing today? Come on. You just saw a baptism in this place. Is that not amazing? I mean, we can just splash some of you right now if you need to wake up. Come on. If you need a little something, something, let's go. All right? Man, so glad to be in the house this morning. And uh, we've been walking through a series called Building the Family. Right? And I, I don't know about you, but it is in perfect timing. Perfect time because this world around us right now, so much is battling against, seems to be pushing against, seems to be trying to squash, seems to be taking the family and pulling apart in every kind of direction. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. Wow. There was one way in the back there. So go. So this morning we're going to continue that, but I want to kind of ask you a question. Do you have a hall of fame family? I mean, do you have a Hall of Family? There, there are some families out there that kind of have the Hall of Fame in sports. Let's check it out. Anybody know these guys? Manning family, right? You know, you got everybody from Archie up there, you know, amazing. You, I mean, Eli's up there. You got little Arch, who's now playing probably for Texas, maybe even starting this year. He's a little older now than in that picture. But some amazing quarterbacks that have just raised up through that family in so many ways, even though they're SEC. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> It's all good. You know, there are other families that are on their way to being the hall of, in the Hall of Fame in music. Let's check this family out. Oh, wait a minute. Some of you might not recognize that family. But the one on the far left, that's Pastor Brandon. All right? He's got bigger guns now, but he has less hair. And back in the day when I was the youth pastor here, that's what he looked like. So just... You know, amazing when it comes to their talent, when it comes to the way that God has blessed them in those ways. But I don't know about you, my family kind of looks more like this often, more often than I would want to admit it. And we're kind of in the hall of shame, you know. It seems like when you really want things to come together, you're pulling your hair out, you're screaming, you're hollering, you're all those things, and it just feels like, can I just get a break? Can I just get a break? Well, this morning, I want to challenge us by looking at one of the families in the Bible's Hall of Faith, not Hall of Fame, but Hall of Faith that seemed like it was falling apart, but actually exemplifies how we can build support for the family. So we're going to look at that Hall of Faith. It's going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. We're going to look at the end of verse 6 and then verse 31. So if you don't mind, if you could stand in honor of God's word, that he's with us here today and better than anything that I'm going to say from this platform this morning, God's word implants in our heart and that's what changes us. That's what transforms us. And today, allow God's word just to move in your life in order to, you might have walked in one way, but come on, let's come out in a better way because he's with us. Amen. Amen? So let's do that. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse one, says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. Then in verse six, it says, and without faith, it's impossible to please him forever. Would draw near to God, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Then in verse 31, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Let's pray. Wow, Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you for who you are. Lord, you could take each and every individual in this room right now that you can transform us into the likeness of your son. 
that, Lord, we get the privilege of allowing your word, your spirit, everything that is in you can become in us. And so in this day today, we surrender. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So as you take a seat, man, I want you to rewind a little bit. I want you to go back a few years. I want you to think of those songs that you heard when you were younger, like, ow, bow, bow, ow, bow, bow. Okay, so some of you that weren't in the 80s are like, what was that? You know, uh, some of you, that was a very dysfunctional family, actually. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you'll need to maybe rewind that. Just don't watch the movie. But anyway... Uh, but no, no, let's go back even farther. Let's go back even farther when you were a kid. Josh won the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Josh won the battle of Jericho. Okay, now you know why, some of you know why I'm a saxophone player. Because that's a joyful noise right there. That ain't no singing. So, but no, seriously, isn't it interesting When it comes to that amazing moment in scripture, walls tumbling down. I mean, people circling these walls seven times, blowing trumpets, you know, shouting, walls come tumbling down. In the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, what is it? Who does it highlight? Who does it speak of? Who does it really uplift the faith of? Is it Joshua? No. It's Rahab. In that story, it's Rahab. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. You see, when we look at the life of Rahab, we first notice that we can build support for the fam by faith. And when we do that, there's an expunging of the walls in your past. All right, we're gonna look at F-A-M today. We're gonna look at the family. And the first, that F is faith. And we build support for the fam by faith. And we see this in Joshua chapter two, when it says, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. Goodness gracious. I mean, this is one of those stories in scripture that I think some of us maybe gloss over or we forget about Rahab in order to bring out Joshua and so much other of the amazingness about it, but let's really look into and and see what Rahab saw by sight, not by faith, but initially by sight from her past, this wall that she had. You see, some of us have walls in here today. It's called our past. And we've been standing behind them for way too long. And it is time for those walls to come tumbling down. And for Rahab, what her past One of the things that she saw was secrecy and never intimacy because she encountered husbands that cheated on their wives. This was a place where, man, when it came to who she dealt with, who she connected with, a lot of it was under the cover. A lot of it was in a place where, okay, there's something that has to be done here, but wait a minute, it's all in secrecy and never in real intimacy. Do any one of us or our family members struggle with close relationships? struggle with real intimacy, struggle with a place of knowing, wait a minute, there's supposed to be something more in this connection. Can I tell you something? Rahab can relate to you. There was something else that Rahab saw in her past, and that was her city, because it was physically protected by an amazing wall. As a matter of fact, most scholars believe there was actually two walls. 
And this first wall she lived on, and this was this amazing, I mean, we're talking about a city in the Jordan Valley that had the strongest fortress in all the land of Canaan. This was the most important city, and it actually got its name from the worship of the moon god. All right? This was physically protected, but spiritually very dark. Many scholars actually believe that when it came to, to Jericho, that it was a place that would burn their children as an act of worship. Church, do any one of us feel like our country seems physically very strong, but is becoming more spiritually dark by the day? Rahab can relate. You see, Rahab also lived in the wall, which meant she lived in poverty. You see, because it was the poor that lived as the farthest outcast of the city. And they were placed in the most vulnerable location for attack. So she was poor. She was in a place of need. She was in a place of trying to provide for her family. I'll get into that in just a moment. But when it comes to this understanding of where she was at, what she saw by sight, do you or one of your family members feel like an outcast? Doing anything you can do to just scrape by, feeling constantly under attack. Rahab could relate. You see all these walls in her past. But look what happens when she's presented with the possibility of the nation of Israel right at her doorstep. Joshua chapter two, starting in verse eight says, before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melts away before you. Did you, did you see the faith in that statement? I know that the Lord has given you the land. There is faith in that statement. She is believing something that's coming. She's believing something that we, we don't have all the details, but there's a faith statement in the middle of that. And it continues this, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, what you did, the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan of Sahan and Og, who devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of, and here's the other faith statement, for the Lord your God, he is the God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. You see, for someone who had been taught that the moon in the heavens was a God, she believed and then confessed by faith that the Lord as the God of the heavens. Church, I don't know what your past is. I don't know what those walls are that are in front of you that you look at, maybe hide behind. But God's wanting the walls come tumbling down. When we also look at the life of Rahab, we notice that we can also build support for the fam by affection. Not just faith, but by affection. And when that happens, we can have this experiencing of the blessing in your present. Because we see in Joshua chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, this is Rahab speaking uh, to those these spies, says, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign 
that will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all belong to them and deliver our lives from death. Do you see that? She's looking out for her family. This is somebody when everything is happening, when there's movement, when there's a place of faith, who does she think of? She thinks of her family. But wait a minute, most of us see, wait, this is just a prostitute. This is just a woman of the night. Family? She's disregarded that, hasn't she? She's walked away from that. She doesn't care. We see that when it all comes to it, she wants, she desires, she's looking after not only the salvation of her family, but also that which is salvation, deliverance, that which is God. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. So then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was built in the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. Rahab not only shared the affection of loving kindness to the Israelite spies, which, I mean, we see that in Hebrews. It says that what she did, she just offered hospitality. Get this. You don't have to do some miraculous, big, incredible thing. Sometimes it's just the loving kindness of an invitation. Sometimes it's just the opening of a door. Sometimes it's just that encounter with somebody at that divine appointment that God wants to bring into your life. So church, as we think about this, as we really reflect on this, this affection, this loving kindness, man, look at what also happens and how that domino affects into other people's lives. Because you see the loving kindness by Joshua that, that happens in Joshua chapter six, starting in verse 15. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Verse 22 says, but to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from her the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. Family. Blessed. Protected. Supported. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside of the camp of Israel. But notice in verse 25, it says this, but Rahab the prostitute in her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive and she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. She was given a part of the inheritance of that which was the promised land. She was brought into the nation. We're talking about this is, oh, grasp this, the church. This is so amazing. This is... A, this is somebody outside of the Jewish nation. This, some scholars believe, is actually the first Gentile convert. When it comes to this place, this woman, her family is then brought in, given inheritance, given a heritage, given that which is God's blessing and support through his people. 
You see, God has called us as his church to also practically share the loving kindness and affection to those that are hurting. And we see that in very practical ways all throughout scripture. And one of them is Acts chapter four, starting verse 32. It says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace. Oh, who needs some great grace this morning? Amen. And great grace was upon them all. All right, if you want it, here it comes. There was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. It was distributed to each as any had need. Can I say thank you? The generosity that you have shared, that you have supported your church with, has also extended into a family that many of you have never met. It's called Anastasia Church Upton. And that community is 80% at or below the poverty level. Past two months, we've had five funerals. Last few weeks, we've had some huge family crisis with substance abuse, mental health issues, and even incarceration in two instances. But because of the generosity, because of the support of the church, because of understanding what family really is, we're currently preparing to love on an unchurched family from Southwoods Elementary, which is actually what we meet in. We've been inside of school. We set up, we break down every week. And in that process, we come alongside of a school that then connects us to the families that are even more impoverished. And this family in particular, on their homestead, the grandmother supports her entire family. She lives in this dilapidated mobile home and her daughters and granddaughters live in literal sheds on both sides of the house whose only electricity comes from extension cords. That's what the church is for. To make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord and that people would know by practical needs how the Lord comes in alongside of and provides. You see, when we look at the life of Rahab, the last thing that I really want us to highlight, that not only we can build support for the fan by faith, build support for the fan by affection, this loving kindness, but also build support for the fan by modeling. And in that modeling, there's an expecting of great things in your future. Because the story of Rahab doesn't just end with Joshua giving her inheritance in the land of Israel. Man, it actually has so much more impact into the entire gospel narrative and even into our lives here today. It's not just written in these pages of scripture, which is a big deal. But check this out. Matthew chapter one, verses one through six says this, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac, the father of Jacob and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and Perez, the father of Hezron and Hezron, the father of Ram and Ram, the father of Ahinadad and Aminadad, the father of Nashon and Nashon, the father of Solomon and Solomon, the father of Boaz and Rahab and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed, the father of Jesse 
and Jesse, the father of David, the king. Did y'all see in the middle of that though? Did y'all see something? Rahab is in the direct family tree of Jesus. Church, check this out. Grab it. Because our personal savior comes from the lineage of this woman of the night. And no matter what our dark past, we can look forward to a bright future in Jesus. Grab that church. Hold on to it. It's the gospel. It is truth. No matter what our dark past, we look forward to a bright future in Jesus. I can't get any more passionate than that because he changes lives. He changed my life and he can change yours because Rahab, a pagan prostitute, is saved, brought to faith in God and then is a crucial in the generations of Israel. And she eventually marries into the royal family of Judah through Solomon. But there's something even cooler, well, not even cooler, but still cool in this generational impact, this blessing of our future that we see in Rahab's life. Because check this out. She models her redemption story into her son. Boaz, her son, is known by many as what? The kinsman redeemer. You see, this kinsman redeemer of Ruth and Naomi who would have had nothing because they previously lost their husband and son. But Boaz restored their inheritance and heritage through marrying Ruth. That's model church. That's shown from generation to generation. That's thrown through broken homes. That's shown through a place of understanding that we have a God that can take our past, can take all those walls and squish them down, can bring us to a place of knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that in that, the modeling process, the blessing of who he is, then brings us to an impact upon our children, bring an impact on our children's children, bring support into the church, bring support into the neighborhoods, bring support into all that God has placed around us. Oh, gosh. You see, Rahab... Modeled this loving kindness and what it meant to be redeemed to her son and her son Boaz then extended the same into Ruth. And as we begin to close this morning, you see Jesus also models the same loving kindness and redemption so that we as church would do the same in supporting our blood family, but also our faith family. I wanna tell you the story of two 10-year-old girls. One, many of you know. Because she, when she was 10 years old, she was here. And her mom, along with many of us in our families, got connected to some pain medicines because of an injury. And that injury became an addiction. And that addiction brought about a death. And that death brought about a real huge struggle. Her dad tried to kill himself. But it was because of the support of this church family 
that decades later, last night, my sister got married. She was baptized here. And my dad, who went through so much dealing with mental health, dealing with Parkinson's last night, danced with my sister. He gave a speech for her blessing. That's because of the support of a church family. Because many of you came alongside of us and got us through hell. That's the past. And God has a future that's so much greater in blessing. But there's another 10-year-old girl that probably, well, maybe one or two of you in this room know. And that was when six years ago when we started Anastasia Church Elkton, she came to the doors with her grandmother because her parents challenged with a lot of things going on in their lives. And she would come up to me and asked me to pray for her because she heard voices. She had seizures. She would struggle with a lot of things going on. And for years, even, even two weeks ago, she had to go to the children's hospital because of her seizures. But trusting God in the middle of all that, and not only then coming to know Christ, walking through faith, seeing what it means to know Christ, being modeled by her grandmother, being modeled by her aunt, being modeled by those people in her church. She wrote this poem because she wanted to share it with her family, but she also wanted to share it with her church family because guess what? She's now modeling her faith in our ACE Kids program because she's in high school. She's loving on kids. And this is the poem that she wrote. Kindness is contagious. I try to be kind whenever I can. Not being mean is being kind. Doing things for others is being kind. Nice nearly all the time is the idea. Every day I try to be kind. Things such as sending a smile or saying thank you are the roots. Kind thoughts are the flowers. Kind deeds are fruits. Take care of your garden and keep out of the weeds. Fill it with sunshine, kind words kind deeds you see church because what God has called us to be is his hands and his feet maybe some of you feel like a Rahab today that my past is something that oh if y'all knew there's no way that God can use me God put Rahab in the hall of faith Matter of fact, when you see Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, starting at verse one, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Rahab's one of them, Rahab's in that witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight 
and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is said before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Oh, please, church, if you think you're one of those Rahabs, and man, that God can't use you, he is saying, yes, yes, I love you. Yes, I'm ready to come alongside of and to be a part of what I've designed for you. Trust him. He's ready to take that faith, even of a mustard seed, and move mountains. And during this invitation, there are some decision counselors that would love to come alongside of you. Whatever that past is, whatever those walls are, that you would take that step of faith and say, I need Jesus. So in this invitation, come forward and let, let us know how we can be praying alongside of the decision that God's calling you to do. But I think there's another invitation here this morning, and that's this. Some of you have a Rahab in your family. And although it's one of those things where it's been a struggle, it's been a challenge, it's been a place where whether whatever the darkness is, whatever the things of this world that has brought them to a place of stepping away from God. Can you believe by faith this morning in saying that just like God took Rahab and moved her into the hall of faith because she believed that God was the God of the universe. I believe that my family member is someone that God's gonna use to do great things even in my life even a redemption of my family and those around me. If that's you, this altar's ready. It's a place where you can come and just bow and say, God, name them. Place them into that which is God's hall of faith and say, God, move in such a way. Help me to not give up, to say, I know that God's got them. He's gonna keep on until they come to that place and then it's gonna do amazing things. As we sing this song, let's stand. Let's believe by faith. Let's walk in faith this morning as we celebrate our God and King, amen? Let's do that now. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all your name your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all 
your name stands above all and God the invitation is still open if people need you Lord that they would take a step of faith and know that you love them you value them Lord you value us so God continue to move in this place even though we may be walking out these doors Lord let us continue to worship you continue to give you the glory the praise the honor and all God's people said amen have a great Sunday church take care